Welcome back to Your Skin Therapist, a podcast developed at the Compassion to help educate and inform anyone dealing with skin-related ailments or concerns ranging from acne to aging and beyond. My name is Esthetician Emily, or just Emily, and I'm back to give you guys another great episode of the podcast. Today I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about hydration. This is actually a question that I received from somebody on Facebook about how much hydration actually has to do with drinking water and different products and and things that you can do to help with how hydrated your skin looks. So I was really excited about this because I'm in my 30s. I know that hydration definitely is more important to us ladies than it is to men. That has to do with estrogen and progesterone and all kinds of fun stuff like that. But also as we get older, it can make an impact on how many wrinkles show up and, and actually can make a big difference in your age. So I was really excited to, to talk about this with everyone today. The first thing I'm going to start with when it comes to hydrated skin is obviously that the positives of having really hydrated skin is that it looks more youthful, more plump, for lack of a better term. And it's also uh, from a standpoint of how your skin feels, it's much less sensitive if it's hydrated than if it's, if it's dry. Keep in mind that medications that you're taking can affect the hydration or the look of hydration in your skin. This uh, is, relates to prescription as well as over-the-counter medication. Uh, things like allergy medication, things that dry up your mucous membranes can sometimes make your skin a little bit drier. So it, it depends on uh, a lot of different factors, how hydrated your skin looks. And it, and it definitely varies from, from day to day. The environmental aspect of hydration and how hydrated your skin looks is, is a pretty big deal. Uh, too much time in the sun, the snow, the wind. I say snow because I'm excited for winter. <laughs> um, does make a big difference in how hydrated your skin looks. So a lot of people ask me if diet plays a role and how hydrated one's skin looks. The research that I've seen indicates that yes, but it is very, uh, it's highly dependent upon the person. So at first glance, if you, if you kind of look into things and whether or not hydration can be magnified or reduced by things like water intake or eating things like watermelon and celery, you know, vegetables and fruit that have a high water content. A lot of people say no, that it doesn't really have that big of an impact. On one hand, there's a huge process of how water ends up in our skin. But um, when I was researching this podcast, I actually found an article on the NIH website that talked about a study that was done. I believe the title was, Does Water Affect Human Skin Hydration and Biomechanics? And the results of this particular study was that it did. The higher the water input expressed in the skin physiology, um, the skin that those people that consumed more water than they had previously showed a definitive impact on their skin hydration levels. So, of course, this is very difficult to be able to know if it's going to help each individual. Of course, if you're if you are somebody that doesn't drink a lot of water and you start drinking a lot of water, you might notice a difference. I would say that if it's something that makes you feel better in general, 
in your health that it's going to help your skin for the most part. Uh, of course, this, you know, gets into the weeds of things like dairy because there's a lot of people that swear that dairy causes acne. And, and then there's also people that swear that certain oils and consumption of certain oils cause acne. And, and then a lot of people say that certain diets can help with skin disorders, which I will go into at some point. There's some really interesting research as a total sidebar <laughs> um, on ketogenic diets and things like acne and skin tags and the relation between uh, stretch marks that I've seen and blood sugar. So we'll go into those topics at a later date. But in any event, if it does make you feel better to drink more water, then I say go for it within, within reason, of course. Don't start guzzling water to the point where it makes you sick. But from what I have found when I've done some digging it does look like it can impact how hydrated your skin looks, but individual results, of course, will vary. So moving on to the non-diet related hydration things and bullet points I want to talk about. Um, I can't talk about hydration without talking a little bit about the mechanism and the action of exfoliation. When I was in esthetician school, I'll never forget, we had an instructor, I think it was a guest lecturer that came in that talked about uh, skin being a sponge and how if you put, you know, lotion on a dry sponge, that lotion is not that likely to absorb very much of it. Whereas if you put lotion on a damp sponge, it's going to be more likely to uh, absorb that thicker material. That's a good correlation when it comes to exfoliation. So if you have very dull or tired or older skin on the outside of your epidermis, the likelihood of you being able to get a product into different layers of the skin, is probably a little bit more difficult than if you were freshly exfoliated. So I'm definitely one of those people that's more conservative when it comes to exfoliation. I talked about exfoliation in a previous podcast. Maybe I'll do a total episode on it because there's a lot to know. There's so many different types of exfoliation. You can use chemical products that help you exfoliate things like glycolic acid, lactic acid, and uh, things like that. Those are the products that I recommend. I actually recommend lactic acid above anything else, really, because it's fairly mild. It's good for people with sensitive skin. I'm talking about lactic acid lotion that would probably have about 12% lactic acid. It's good for people that have acne. It is not as it doesn't penetrate oil with super oily skin the way that salicylic acid does, but I haven't seen the results with salicylic acid in people with acne as I have with those that have used lactic acid. So lactic acid is something that I would recommend for really mild chemical exfoliation. And the mechanical exfoliation at home of course, is something that I've recommended before. It's a, there's a dermatological product called the Daily Microfoliant. I do not, like I said, I err on the side of caution or conservativeness. I don't recommend exfoliating every day, but you can certainly exfoliate a couple times a week. And something like the Daily Microfoliant has some enzymes in it to help break down the uh, intercellular space, the glue that holds the older skin cells on, and that helps. And uh, then it also, you're using a, a mechanism with your hands to actually help exfoliate. Also, it has a, I believe it's a rice bran that uh, is really, really gentle. And I mentioned this before, don't use fruit scrubs, things like apricot scrubs. 
they cause um, micro tears. It's just a bad idea. Uh, be even more gentle with your skin than you think you ought to be if you are using a type of exfoliant, whether it's chemical or uh, manual exfoliation. So moving forward, if you do already exfoliate with either something like lactic acid or a glycolic acid product, then we can move forward. If you don't, you can try those first before you start worrying about hydration. A lot of times the lactic acid is in a moisturizer, so that might help a little bit anyway. But I recommend lactic acid as a, an exfoliant above being an actual moisturizer because I believe the acid is, a, is basically the bigger wheel between the two, between the exfoliant and the moisturizer. So when it comes to moisturizer, what you're looking for is something that is both a humectant and an occlusive. So humectants work by drawing water in and occlusives work um, sort of like a saran wrap that you would use to help seal the moisture in. So the number one humectants are hyaluronic acid. Hyaluronic acid is uh, a thousand times the weight of water. It's the best thing for drawing water into the skin in terms of, of um, pumping. And on another sidebar, <laughs> there's a lot of anti-aging creams out there that you can buy over the counter or at salons or spas. And they will have things like hyaluronic acid and some of the other ingredients that I'm mentioning in here in them. And those are what actually help make your skin look younger. It's not whatever kind of it product that it might have in it for the, you know, the it product of the year or really mild retinol that doesn't actually do anything. <laughs> so keep in mind that if you can find certain ingredients and in products, even if they're, they're fairly inexpensive, it can be just as beneficial as something that's more expensive because a lot of the more expensive products have kind of a, either they have a name that carries with them an inexpensive price tag or a celebrity endorsement and that kind of thing. And they don't normally or necessarily do any better than anything else. So again, we want something with hyaluronic acid. Glycerin is another product that's humectant. Glycerin is safe for people to use with acne. And that is always a positive because it's very difficult to find that balance between moisturizing acne-prone skin. So you want something that's not going to cause more breakouts or add to your other issues. That's why I recommend the, the lactic acid, but I'll go into more of the lactic acid in a minute. Urea, which I've talked about before, is a really great product and really great humectant. It penetrates the aquaporin, uh, draws a ton of water in. Honey is a natural humectant, which is why you probably have seen it in masks or at-home masks that you can put on your skin, and it actually does work fairly well. So uh, if you want to go use some honey on your face, go ahead. <laughs> and then alpha-hydroxy acid does also work as a humectant. Moving on to occlusives, silicones. So silicones are really, really popular right now. Silicones are nice because in general, they're non-comediogenic, which means that they're an occlusive, but they're not going to block the pore from being able to, basically, it doesn't clog the pores. Now, it depends on the person. Some people can be very sensitive to certain silicones. Other people can do fine with them. They are in almost everything now. They didn't used to be. And now there's a high likelihood that you've been using silicones in your products uh, for quite some time. 
they help with the spreadability too. So it's not, they're kind of a multifunctional product. Another occlusive that's, that I've seen a really good benefit from is niacinamide. Niacinamide is really great because it's anti-inflammatory. So if you have what's called sensitized skin, which means that you've been out in all the environmental uh, and the elements, such as rain, wind, snow, sun, uh, wind is especially difficult and hard on skin, then something like niacinamide can be really, really beneficial because it helps just calm that skin down. And that's also an occlusive. Uh, squalene, shea butter, titanium dioxide. Titanium dioxide, I don't recommend as much because I have seen in my professional um, opinion and in my professional life that it can cause breakouts in people with acne. So that's why I recommend on another podcast that if you're prone to breakouts and things like milia, that trying to switch over from a chemical or to a chemical sunscreen from a natural sunscreen or a reflective or barrier sunscreen is a good idea. Titanium dioxide and zinc oxide, because they're occlusive, um, especially titanium dioxide is occlusive, they can cause some breakouts and they can, I think, from what I have seen in my professional career, they can cause some problems with milia if used long-term and not used in conjunction with a good exfoliation routine. So when it comes to hydration, if you are sensitive skinned, I will most likely take you off all skincare products, uh, wrinkle creams, everything, with the exception of a moisturizer. We'll start from there, see what we can do, get you non-sensitive and reactive to products. Because some people that have sensitive skin, moisturizer is very... Um, sensitive. They're sensitive to moisturizer as well, or sunscreens and things like that. So um, certain occlusives work really well for people that are really sensitive skinned. So another thing that you can look at when it comes to hydration. So we've gone over the occlusives and the humectants. You want to try to find a combination product that has a lot of those in there. And then we can look at other things. We can look at, of course, we're not looking at sunscreen today. So this is totally aside from sunscreen. This is more of a nighttime routine that I'm discussing when it comes to hydration. If you find a good product that has all these ingredients in it and a sunscreen, then by all means, go ahead and use it. But when it comes to finding a product that's good for hydration, I try to stick towards products that I would use at night. Whereas in the daytime, I will recommend other products that can work well with sunscreens and foundations if you wear makeup, which if you're a woman, there's a high likelihood that you will. So going back to after we talked about occlusive and humectants, another thing that you can look at when it comes to hydration is things like antioxidants. Um, the primary antioxidants that I recommend uh, are vitamin C. L-ascorbic acid is the main one. Uh, T polyphenols are good. Vitamin E is a great one. Glutathione is a great antioxidant, but glutathione is a very interesting component. So I'm still looking for a product that has a good amount of glutathione that is able to be uh, synthesized and, and is bioavailable. But like I said, you want antioxidants in with your hydration because it helps with the cellular oxidation and free radical damage. So that can help with how hydrated your skin looks. I know it's kind of playing into a little bit of the anti-aging realm, but I thought I would mention it regardless. And 
and just let you kind of make your decisions the way that you would like. But I, I really recommend vitamin C and I can throw some products out there and kind of let you guys know. So going back to lactic acid that I recommended earlier for people that have skin that both needs to be moisturized and that needs to have some, a little bit of exfoliation help. Lactic acid is a great product. It's fairly inexpensive. I'm actually looking at a bottle of Amlactin right now. It has 12% lactic acid in it. It's a great product. It's a really effective humectant and it has some antimicrobial, um, kind of an antimicrobial agent in some ways. So that's really beneficial for people that have acne problems or, or have some issues with breakouts. I've talked about it before, but lactic acid's um, kind of mechanism of action is that it, it increases exfoliation in the keratinocytes. So it kind of breaks up the intercellular glue that holds the old skin cells on and lets them let go and the new ones come to the surface. <laughs> it also helps suppress the formation of something called tyrosinase. That is what helps melanocytes or age spots form. So again, we're getting into the realm of anti-aging, but just as my way of showing my love for things like lactic acid, I thought I'd put that in there. So it's really good. It's, it's an antimicrobial, it's humectant, which you want, and um, it helps suppress the formation of some brown spots or liver spots on the skin. And another positive is lactic acid is safe in low concentrations for women that are pregnant. So that helps because I know that there's certain pregnancy issues, uh, skin issues that come up that not that many things can be used when you're pregnant, but lactic acid is actually one of those things that you can use. So we've gone over that we need a product that has a humectant and a product that has an occlusive in it. And I have a couple of products for you. The number one recommendation that I make is actually an over-the-counter product that you can get at Target or CVS or Walgreens, wherever you go. It's a CeraVe and it's PM Facial Moisturizing Lotion. It has both glycerin, niacinamide, has some different ceramides in it, has hyaluronic acid in it. It also has dimethicone, which is a silicone. So it has a lot of the different ingredients that I recommend in a good moisturizer and is good for people that have a tendency to break out. I have not seen it cause a lot of acne lesions in people that have breakouts and I have not seen it cause uh, any problems with milia. So that is the one moisturizer that I recommend along with Amlactin. You can use both together at different days if you like, and I've seen great results when it comes to hydration in the skin from both of those products. And you can use them both around your entire face. The Amlactin, I just recommend you do not use it around your mouth because it tastes like sour milk. It's really bad. <laughs> so uh, those are the two product, main products I recommend. Um, the other one that I really like is a uh, product called Active Moist by Dermalogica. It has amino acids and it has Arnica in it. Arnica is not something that I mentioned earlier, but it's actually really great for healing. Very, very soothing to the skin. So you can try that product also because it seems to work, even though the ingredient list is a little bit different, it seems to work 
fairly similarly to the CeraVe. And I have seen people with acne use it and not have any problems when it comes to breakouts. So that's a big positive. I've actually never seen anybody break out from it. So there could be somebody out there for all I know, but it's a really wonderful product. There's also a mask that you can get at a Dermalogica spa or treatment center that has Dermalogica products called Colloidal Mask. And it's super soothing and moisturizing and has a, has humectants and everything in it that can really, really help with adding moisture back to your skin. So while we're on the topic of spa treatments, I do have a couple of recommendations if you want to go see your local esthetician and talk to them about things that will help with hydration along with the products that I've recommended. Don't forget to take a list of the ingredients and have those bulleted for when you talk to your esthetician or to somebody at spa because education is power. And if you have ingredients that you have seen or have been told that they work, you're less likely to be kind of upsold on a product that maybe won't work great for your skin type. Um, I'm definitely more conservative when it comes to uh, certain products. So the CeraVe moisturizer and the Amlactin are both really light products. They're not super, super heavy moisturizers, mostly because I believe that most people do not need a super heavy moisturizer in order to have really hydrated, beautiful looking, plump, youthful skin. So again, look for humectants like hyaluronic acid, glycerin, urea, different AHAs, and sorbitol is another one. And then for occlusions, look for silicones, natural or artificial. Both are okay. Look for niacinamide if that's possible. Squalene is another good occlusive shea butter. And like I said, avoid titanium dioxide if you can, if you're prone to any kind of breakouts or milia kind of problems. So I wanted to go over some treatments that you can ask your esthetician or your spa about to help with moisturizing your skin and uh, keeping it hydrated and looking nice and healthy. There's a couple that you can talk to them about. I really like galvanic and microcurrent treatments. Galvanic is one that has been around forever. There's one that's um, ion tophoresis. Really, really helps with the penetration of water-based skincare products. So. Uh, and it's also really, really uh, calming to the skin. So anytime that you have um, a galvanic current, it really encourages the deep penetration of, of products. And if you have skin that needs moisture, it's really going to soak it up. It's a, it's, most estheticians will offer this um, procedure, and it's not outrageously expensive in my mind. And I'm fairly certain that you understand by now that you can trust that I'm a product-based person, not a name or brand, or I just, I recommend what works and what I've seen work. And uh, something like CeraVe that's, you know, 10 to $12 and Amlactin, which is, I think was about the same, maybe even less, are definitely for your money, good products. And even if they were more expensive, they'd be great products just the same. And Galvanic is something that is not a very expensive procedure to have done with your esthetician. So that's something that you can ask them about and ask them about iontophoresis. Maybe they'll be impressed when you know that word, but they should be able to help you with that. The added benefit of the uh, galvanic and microcurrent treatments is that they help with lymph drainage, which is um, 
just makes you feel pretty good and and is good for uh, unneeded swelling and puffiness of the face also. So when it comes to microcurrent, um, microcurrent is really interesting and it's been around for a long time too. And now there's different types of microcurrent that you can do. There's microcurrent that derma, uh, dermatologist offices do that is under the medical setting. And then there's microcurrent that us estheticians can do um, in treatment rooms. What it is basically is a low level electrical current and you, the esthetician will move it in different patterns along the, the face and the neck. And actually, you can have it done all over your body. Uh, of course, anybody that has any kind of pacemaker or you know, certain health problems is not um, is contraindicated for having any kind of galvanic or microcurrent. So if you have one of those, go to your esthetician and ask what you can do if you have any kind of medical issue. But the microcurrent is really cool because it mimics kind of your own biological current, but it helps with kind of retraining certain muscles. So you definitely have a little bit of a firmer and plumper skin when you leave. It's amazing. It's, and again, it's not as expensive as other things. And I think it's definitely worth trying before you do other modalities or other things. I would even try microcurrent treatments before you have any kind of Botox or, or filler work done because you might be surprised at what your skin can do healing on its own through the right type of stimulation, because that's what galvanic and microcurrent treatments are, is their stimulation of the skin and the underlying muscles and the underlying nerves. And it helps um, almost atone some of the muscles, but it really enhances collagen and elastin production and it stimulates healing. So if you've had a recent procedure or surgery, it can be really therapeutic to have um, a microcurrent or a galvanic treatment done. So that is the thing to talk to your local esthetician about and drink your water. Make sure you're using a good moisturizer. Make sure you're exfoliating. Make sure that you're staying out of the elements. If you are, I really recommend that you, you, you wear things like sunglasses and hats and earmuffs or ear guards and I have actually like a wind guard that goes over my nose that you can wear in the severe winter time and, and in the snow and and that really helps too because it's actually a physical block it's just like wearing a long sleeve shirt when it's really sunny and that will definitely make a difference in how sensitized and, and hydrated your skin is so that's the episode for today Thank you so much for joining me. If you have any questions, please email us. Our website is yourskintherapist.com. You can contact us there. You can email us through the website and drop us a line and ask any questions that you would like. I would love to have um, listeners give in some uh, questions for future episodes. Maybe I'll do a QA. and a I'm also going to have uh, a co-host review episodes too coming up. So that should be fun. It's not just me yammering on. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you. Mm-hmm.